Good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis. It is 2 p.m. Central Time, and it's May the 16th, and this is Altitude Adjustment, a podcast about people, politics, and professions. And we are in, I, I didn't check, but uh, we are locked down, and we, I do hope that everyone is okay uh, and safe, and I do appreciate you joining me for this podcast. Um, so one of the businesses that seem to be pushed as opening early is barbershops and uh, hair salons. And I thought, um, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. So that's coming up right now. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Alrighty, thank you very much again for joining me. And uh, joining me this afternoon is Keisha Betts. Hi, Keisha. Hello. So, um, so let me start the set the mood. Uh, <clears throat> um, okay, so hair uh, and dress has is has been a. Um, issue that has come up and it seems people have um, made that a, a central or a an important um, business that that needs to open and so I thought it would be a good idea if we spend a little bit of time talking about um, hair today and maybe we'll talk uh, about a dress on another podcast now in uh, 1786 the Tignan law was passed in Louisiana. Um, there have been laws, you know, governing uh, people's hair and and clothing. Um, the tignin was a headdress, it was more of like a scarf or a wrap, um, and it was the result. The tignin law was um, a result of the sumptuary laws passed in 1786 under the administration of Governor Esteban Rodriguez Miro. Called the Tignan Laws, they prescribed and enforced appropriate public dress for females, uh, gens de couleur, or people of color, in the colonial society. Historian Virginia M. Gould notes that Miro hoped that the law would control women who had become too light-skinned or who dressed too elegantly or who, in reality, competed too freely with white women for status and thus threatened the social order. And recently, we passed, uh, there have been a couple of states that have passed laws banning um, discrimination based on someone's hair. California and New York were the first states to enact laws this summer, last summer, forbidding uh, race-based hair discrimination. New Jersey, Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Kentucky, as well as Cincinnati, Ohio, and Montgomery County, Maryland, have followed with proposed legislation. Now, many black women say they felt pressure for decades to use excessive heat, chemical relaxers, and weaves to conform to European standards of straight hair. This often means spending hour, hundreds of dollars a month and countless hours at hair salons, and that's according to uh, Nielsen. Black consumers spent $473 million on hair care in 2017. 
Much of the pressure that black women say has come from employers and school officials who don't view locks or braids as the neat professional hairstyle they require or might see the looks as a political or aggressive statement or signal that the wearer is not interested in fitting in. So let's start there. Um, black hair has been misunderstood, I think, misunderstood um, a lot in our society. Would you, would you agree with that? Yes, I would agree. You want to stop there? <laughs> you gonna you gonna stop there? No. <laughs> so so that's so I'm gonna I'm gonna spend this twenty minutes developing this 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 line of questioning and you're gonna go, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. All no, right. I'm elaborating. Um, very, very I would good. agree that uh, um I would agree that black hair is misunderstood. Um I feel like it's different. So a lot of people feel what's different to them. They, some people are inquisitive about it and want to know more about it. But then some people are, this is different. I don't like it. Um, since they don't understand it, they, uh, a lot of people, I don't want to say demonize, but they try to say that it's bad because it's different. So let me, let me ask you a question. Have you so I've, I've watched a lot of videos on um, YouTube. I've never had anyone ask to touch my hair. Have you had anyone ask to touch your hair? All the time. Really? Yes. Um, before I had straight hair. So when I was younger, I would get relaxers or I would get a hot comb. So my hair was straight. Um, it was very silky. Um, and I would have a lot of women come up to me and say, I really like your hair. It looks really soft. Can I touch it? No, um, you cannot touch it because they can't believe how sh that my hair can be straight um, or silky. So they want to touch it and see what it feels like, see how it's different than theirs. Mm -hmm. um, and then recently I've become natural. Um, so I've stopped using perms and relaxers and heat on my hair. So my hair is typically very curly. Um, like the kinky curls and a lot of women want to touch it and see what curls feel like or if it's hard how does that how do I get it to stay the way that it is or if I have my hair like how I have it now in a bun what do you do to keep your hair laying straight or laying flat against your head what do you put do you use gel can I touch that so yes I have people that try to touch my hair a lot wow that's interesting I've never really had that experience I guess you know, when you're six four, um, <laughs> people don't have a tendency to be so to think you're so uh, warm and friendly, regardless of how wonderful my smile is. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you very much. And so, so I, yeah, so you've had that experience, and I, I didn't even know that about you. And and how did so? So some of this was in the workplace. Yes. How did, how did, how do you think that that impacted you in the workplace? Um, I mean, what was, you know, did it make you 
uncomfortable or did it make you, um, did it, how did it impact the environment and how you felt about it? It impacted me in a way I felt um, that it was demeaning. I felt like people asking to touch my hair is something that was like, you're so different and out there than I am. So I need, I have the, feel the need to want to touch you and see how different you are, but it's inappropriate. One, we're at work, so you can't pet me like I'm your chihuahua. That's not okay. Um, and it just made me feel, it made, it just made me feel very different that okay. someone would say, Oh, I want to touch your hair. Cause I don't think you would go to your parents or to someone that looks like you and say, can I touch your hair? And, and you didn't feel like it was um, a bonding experience. It was more um, that you were uh, an, an, an anomaly that they had to experiment on and to, to gain knowledge about. Yes, I, I didn't feel like that was a, a bonding experience for us to become friends now that you've touched me um, because I wouldn't walk up to someone that has different skin than me and say, your skin is so different. Can I touch it? Like, you just don't do that. Right. So right. I, I feel like it was a almost a way to ostracize, ostracize me that I'm so different than you that I need to be evaluated. Okay. Okay. So with, with um, a lot of the laws being passed to end the discrimination, um, so, so first, <clears throat> um, the fact that there were laws that were passed to govern black hair, I, I don't know if there were laws that were passed to govern non-black people's hair. Can you, can you think of any? Not that I've researched or heard anything about. Okay. Um, I know I've done a little bit of research on um, the Tignan law that you were explaining in the beginning of the video. Mm -hmm. And um, I learned some things that I didn't know before that, you know, with this law being passed, it was a way to strip us of our culture because at the time women were putting jewels and feathers and a, like a lot of really nice things to our hair because um, we valued our hair and the way that it looked and people were threatened by that they thought that we were trying to be on a more social level um, so that they did this to strip our culture and to signify you are part of this lower class you are part of the slave class so this is where you need to stay and we're going to identify you by you having to wear these wraps so that was very interesting. I did. I did learn learn that. Yeah, I did. I, that was um, so. You know, preparing for the show was uh, interesting for me because there, I like uh, doing it because there are things that I've learned. I, I, you know, a lot of history, and I've I've heard this said before that a lot of Black history was lost um, because you know none of this was to me was taught, um, and it's something I've had to find out as an adult. That, that these things went on. And so um, with that being said, um, so it, it, to me it brings into mind um, a couple of things. Because I am a small business owner or because I have been 
in small business and, and uh, I continue to want to be a, a business owner. Um, so, so let me step back and talk about um, some of the different hairstyles. Um, so, so there's, there's the Afro, there's, uh, braids, there's, uh, twists, there's, uh, weave, um, what are some of the other ones that you can think of? Um, natural wigs, wigs, yeah, weaves. Okay. So, so. Different people use different, and, and I'm not in. So so far, we've been we've talked about women, but but black men have different hairstyles too, and they, um, um, and they use they they like to promote those, and so. One of the things that I had mentioned earlier was, um, when we talked, is that uh, in the in the, the the article that I read. And I just read a part of it is that uh, businesses and schools have had um, different um, rules for black hair in an attempt to uh, um, control their environment. Uh, and so we talked about, you know, there's um, I don't I don't. So purple hair. So. You know, in the white culture, they for a while they did purple hair and they did spiked hair, um, and it used to be that uh, company dress codes had you know men's hair couldn't be below a certain length, um, and it had to be neatly trimmed and stuff like that. And you remember that? And mm -hmm. um, what I have noticed is because of the pushback, not just from from African Americans and other cultures, it's just there's been a general pushback against uh, dress codes, um, hair specific. You know, mostly dress codes are based on hair and clothing. Um. So, as a business owner, um, when when businesses put in place these dress codes and they specifically targeted towards black Americans. Um, I, that was going to be a problem because I don't think that they understood black hair. They don't, they didn't understand the culture around black people and, and how they dress and, and how they, you know, use hair in the social settings, um, that make up the, the black community. So, um, in the 60s, um, the Afro was pretty popular. That was during the... Uh, Black Pride. Black Pride, Black Panthers. Um, and so the Afro kind of took on the feel of rebellion. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but people... As you just mentioned, Black Pride, they could wear an Afro as a form of pride and not necessarily a rebellion. 
And so the difficulty then becomes, how does a business owner know when, 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 when something is not a part of their culture, it's not a normal part of the life that they live in, so they can identify when, uh, you know, if you're, if you're um, Muslim, um, you immediately know when someone is, is, maybe not immediately, but you're, you're pretty acknowledged or pretty tuned into when someone is using their, their dress or their hair as a, as a rebellious statement versus when it's just a part of their personality and, uh, you know, they're doing it because this is who they are. Because, you know, your hair for you is, is a part of who you are. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I would. Um, I wouldn't say that it defines me, which is um, part of, I mean, you could do a whole nother podcast on that, on, on Black women's hair defining them. But it is, I do identify with my hair. I feel that it helps me identify with my culture, um, where I've come from. Um, this is me. This is how my hair comes out of my head. So this is the way I'm going to wear it. Um, so I, I do, I do think that. Yeah. So, so, so as, as a business owner, I have someone that comes into my, into my shop or, you know, place the business and they, they fill out an application and they have a hairstyle that, So I am a conservative, or I, I, you know, I, I want to run a business where you know people are they keep their hair cut, trimmed, low, you know, tight, kind of conservative. Um, you know, how do I, you know, if 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 I don't, so so if a black person comes in. Uh, a young black man comes in and his and his hair is um, he's got the dreads the really flat wide dreads and um and 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 for my company I want you know cropped hair uh, collared shirts tie um how do I then Make ensure that the, the because because all of that look says something about my company. It says something about what I believe that my company should the image it should put forward. Fair. Mm-hmm. And so if, if if a guy comes in with the dreads, and I determine that dreads does not meet the image that I want to put forward into my company, should I then be allowed to not hire that individual? Absolutely not. No. Um, you can have locks and still dress conservative, conservatively. Um, you can ask the person to pull them back into a bun or a low ponytail um, and make sure that they are neat um, but you can't say I'm not going to hire you because you have locks. Um, that in, he could very well be a very conservative person. He very well could represent your company well, but because he 
chooses to wear his hair in a style that you may not understand does not mean that you shouldn't hire him. You definitely can ask him to make sure that they are neat at all times or pulled back, like I said, in a ponytail, but you can't say, I'm not going to hire you because I don't think you're conservative enough for my company because he very well could be. Okay. So, um, so I determined I don't, that I'm going to let him have his, because first off, if I ask him to put it back in a ponytail, I have set myself up for a potential lawsuit because now he's going to say, um, if, if, if I treat him differently, let's say um, I would prefer to have people with short cropped hair interact with customers and not, and not have dreadlocks in the front office or in, in um, contact with the customer because what the customer sees is the image that I want to put forth for my company. There are people who will look inside this, the shop. If they see somebody with dreadlocks, they may not shop at that company. They, they look and they see, well, this company is very permissive in because it's, it's an image thing. Is that Do you want someone shopping in your store that discriminates against someone with locks anyway? I'm sorry, what? Do you want someone to shop in your store that's going to discriminate against your employees? And that's and, and that's a tough decision. I I don't think it's discrimination if, if I'm trying to present an image. I'm trying to present an image. Can fit into your image. If his hair is neat, if it's pulled back, if he's making sure that the roots aren't this long and that they're kept up then he can fit into your image hmm. okay all right so so is there would be the same as if you had a caucasian woman with long hair and you say i want your hair to be neat she may pull it back into a ponytail or pull it back in a bun and it is considered neat i feel i feel that locks would be the same i can pull them in a ponytail or in a bun and now my hair is neat. It's not all over the place or not all over my head. It's not standing up. And now they are neat and they are presentable. But so I can't, I can't ask that they that the hair be no more than shoulder length. You would have to ask that of everybody. I agree. I'm saying if I if I put into place um, um, a dress code that says your hair cannot be longer than your shoulder length. Is that acceptable? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, that, I, that, I, mean, I, I agree. I, as an employee, I can make that decision to say, I'm not going to cut my hair, mm -hmm. but you can't say, hey, everyone else can have whatever length hair they want, but your dreads have to be shoulder length. You can't do that. Okay. So... So let's say, um, because I agree, I think it's tough. I think it's a difficult thing um, in setting a um, dress policy that's going to be fair. I, right. think, I think it's extremely difficult because there, there is the need for self-expression, but there is also the need for the business to represent itself as it as as management would like to see it represented. 
Is that fair? Yes. Okay. So, so let's say we have um, a shoulder length policy. Does that have to apply the same for men and for women? Yes. So if I say shoulder length, I have to ask the women to, that their hair can be no longer than shoulder length and the men's hair can be no longer than shoulder length. Yes, because if you you know that could be sexist to say women's hair can be down their back, but men's hair can only be shoulder length. You, you can't. It has to be a a blanket. Everyone's hair has to be shoulder length. That's and that's going to be tough, don't you think? Yes, but if you're implementing a dress code where people uh, enforcing people's hair, you have to be fair across the board. And that's and that's what's fair to you. So so there's no difference between men and women. As far as dress code, well, and hair, can I can I ask can I ask um, women to wear a dress to work? No, no, I can't do that. No, why? Because not all women have to wear a dress. They don't well, have to. I mean, it, you know, nineteen fifties. So at my company, I I'd like to see women wear dresses. Is there, is there you, you know what I'm saying? I, I no. like to see, I like to see women's hair. <laughs> no. 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 Okay. You don't get to enforce the dress code based off what you like to see. Well, I'm the company owner. What, what should I be able to do? As the company owner, what kind of controls do I have in my company? The only control you have on how other people dress is to say, if they are business professional, business casual, um, you do have the right to say for women, I don't want to see cleavage. Your dress should be to your knees or skirts should be to your knees so that it's not distracting to people around you. But you can't force women to wear heels and dresses to work every day. And yeah, but you just, have, told, you just told me I can't force her to wear a dress. So, so all I can say is <clears throat> if you wear a dress, it has to be this way. Yes, you can say that. If you have hair, it's it can be. I can set a, a kind of a range. Can I? Because I'm trying to. I'm trying to understand as as somebody who who started a company. Um, who started this company? You know, I start my company. I wear a shirt and tie to work every day. Because, because my image, I believe at a certain time shows a certain kind of um, dedication to an, an idea. You know, if I, can, if I can get up and put on a shirt and tie every day, um, you know, um, a pair of shorts is casual. A shirt and tie is not. Right. Right? So... So in my business, I don't want to show casual. So so how do I define my business if I can't control how my people look? You can control to a certain extent. You can say this is a professional work environment. You must look professional at all times, suit and tie. You can enforce that. You can say your hair has to be neat, but you can't enforce the length of people's hair so so neat so so a guy comes comes in he's got dreads and it's down to his back 
and we know that that's that happens. That's not unusual. Um, and so for him, neat is I put a pony, I put a, a scrunchie on it. It stays all the way down my back, and that's neat. And What's I have to, wrong with that? huh? What's wrong with that? I, I'm I'm a business owner. I don't want the hair down his back. Do I, your I hair? want I want I want his hair to be low cut. I want his hair to to I you know I want my hair short. I like short hair. How do I? So if if I if if he comes in and he's and he's got dread, here here's the here's the here's another thing. So he comes in and then into the interview, his hair is short. I go, yeah, this this guy's got it. You know, he comes in, he's got on his shirt and tie, um, and he's he's you know he comes in, says all the right things, does all the right things. I hire him. Two years down the road. He's got hair down his back. You know, what what do I have? What what can I do? Because if I if I if I go to him and I say, you know, your hair is getting too long, he's probably gonna say, That's none of your business. That's yeah. my expression. That's my expression of my life. I go to a woman and say, you know, I don't like the color of your hair. You dyed your hair a color that I didn't like. Because I think that when you dyed your, your hair the color that it does not represent our company well. So now you're saying to me, tough. It's your company. You said you said tough. You you just have to live with this. Your life's work, your life's work is based on every employee's desire to do whatever they want to do in your work environment. No, I'm not saying that. Okay, what are you saying? I'm saying that you can't necessarily police. You can say, I want things professional. And if he, if you hire him and he has a low cut and it starts getting long in your dress code policy, you probably did have something in regards to hair. And if you say in our policy, your hair can't be past your shoulders, you can't tell him to cut his hair off, but you do have to settle on him putting it in a ponytail or putting it in a bun. You can't tell him, okay, well, I hired you and you had a low cut hair and now you have locks. Now you have to cut them off. That is part of his culture. That's part of his self-expression. You can't take that from him, but you can say you are representing my company and I want your hair neat and I want it pulled back. Okay. So I'm going to make one more point. Then I'm going to give you a chance to, to uh, have the last word. <laughs> and then we're going to move on to next week. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, oh man, I forgot the point. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh. All right. Um, 
That's what it is. So, so what, so what I'm going to say is, um, I think it's difficult to parse out the how to how to allow self-expression with creating an environment that you as a company owner will feel proud of. Um, because it is a team effort, um, you want to put people on your team that are going to support you in a way that um, you as the business owner thinks is going to be best for your company. And so I think the difficulty is, is that we are having um, a moment at time where people's desire for self-expression um, is colliding with um, the, the, the idea of image selling products and goods and services. You want to add a last word? No. <laughs> <laughs> you beat well, me up on this one. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? You beat me up on this one. <laughs> All right, so we'll put it down one, Liam. Uh, zero Keisha. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being a good target. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I just don't think. Um, so I don't think there's an easy answer. I think you're right. Um, so I joke when I say one nothing because I don't think it's a. How it's the question that becomes how do what is the best way? How do we allow people self-expression and still. Um, work together to accomplish something. I mean, I, I realize that you know, hair is a personal issue, clothing is a personal issue, um, but your hair and your clothing impacts more than you. It impacts everybody around you, everybody in your company. And so, um, because we all know of people who, when you tell them business casual, have come to work in flip-flops. So um, I'm going to cl uh, close the session. I want to thank you very much for joining me. Um, we'll look to be back with you next week. Bye. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that concludes this episode, and thank you for listening. This podcast is designed for live listener interaction. Visit the website thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com slash home for details about how to join the conversation. The video version of Altitude Adjustment is available on YouTube. Search for Lions Den STL. And the audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Anchor.fm, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Look for Altitude Adjustment where you get your podcast and consider making a contribution by visiting anchor.fm slash altitude-adjustment2. Remember, the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes because it matters. As always, be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. 
look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.